You're listening to Hotep Ish with your host, Dewan B. Intelligent Ish Talk, Intelligent Shit Talk, where we balance the profound with the profane. Political satire, celebrity and expert guests, information and entertainment, conversation and solutions. Leave your feelings at the door. Yes, yes, yes. What up in this good morning? Now, what's up, love ladies? Yeah, we about to have a good time in here. We about to talk some shit. Because I saw a couple videos on Instagram this morning. Both of them, I wake up in the morning, and I saw these videos on Instagram. I was like, you know what? Let me screen record these hoes and put them up on a broadcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Mickey, you driving? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay attention to that road, motherfucker. Pay attention to the road. Pay attention to the road. Yeah, we here. We here. We here. We about to get it in. Hold on one second. Let me get this shit right. We about to get it in. We about to get it in. Get your t-shirts. Get your t-shirts. You see, I got mine on. I fear I may have... Integrated my people into a burning house. Martin Luther King. Let's shout on top of the mountaintops who the real Dr. King is and was and continues to live on through us. Not that fake motherfucker they try to rewrite. It always pisses me off when I see black people arguing X or King. Both, nigga. Do you, did the Lakers have Shaq or Kobe? 
Didn't LeBron not have him and the rest of the best players in the NBA to win the championship? You want to win all of them. You need somebody to see. You need somebody that can get to the basket. You need somebody that can hit the open jumper. You need somebody that plays defense. Tom Brady don't do it by himself, motherfucker. So why are we arguing, King or X? Sometimes you need a little X. Sometimes you need a little King. Sometimes you need some Stokely Carmichael. Sometimes you need some Frederick Douglass. Shit, niggas be arguing over the worst shit. Anyway, that's my little tangent. What's up, Tasha? Yeah. We about to get it in. We about to get it in. I'm waiting for a few more people to uh, come and come in here. And as people come in, I'm going uh, to play the videos that I was talking about. You're right, Hot One. Play your position. King or X. Nigga. Are we still losing? How you gonna choose one and you still under the, under the thumb of this bullshit? Like for real, black folks, how do we really have those arguments? Who was better? How do we argue? How do we argue that? Who's better? It depends on how I feel in the, in the moment. Thanks, uh, Jay Marcus. I think is my sound better? Is my sound better? Shalom, Patrick Tyson. All that shit. And whatever, and, and whatever language you speak. Shalom, uh, hi. Uh, what are they? How they say it in Spanish? Uh, See, si? whatever. I don't know shit. Yeah, I wanna. I'm. 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 Uh, I'm. I'm gonna get to playing this video. I'm. I'm at the 10 minute mark. I'm gonna let more people come in here. We are gonna play this video. But basically, with today's broadcast, we talking about the issues between Black Americans and Black people across the diaspora. You know, this is also um, something that came to my mind um, when I was in Clubhouse. Um, I was in this FBA ADOS group with some immigrants in there, and some of the immigrants were having real issues with uh, with FBA. For those who don't know what that is, it's Foundation of Black Americans, which is not a group. Foundation of Black Americans is just a lineage of people who can trace their ancestry back to the times of slavery here in the United States of America and codifying and identifying ourselves around that unique lineage. Um, some people say ADOS, that's cool too. I'm just not with no ADOS leader. I'm not with no leadership structure. I don't follow nobody, motherfucker. Hell, I got a, my fifth times great grandfather was the first black, he brought the, he brought the uh, Prince Hall Masons to Illinois. I could do that mixing shit if I wanted to, but I ain't doing it because I ain't joining. I ain't no group person. I'm an individual ass nigga. I work with people and then go about and go my own way, man. But I ain't with that group thing. So 
you know, for the for the contingent that uh, that does, because I be in clubhouse in the ADOS rooms, they be arguing all the goddamn time over who's the leader, and then the leader kicking people off the group. That's why that's why I don't do groups. I don't do groups. What's up, Emmanuel Heath? What's up, Zachy Israel? What's up, Alex Brown? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't do groups. Um, but I do identify with the lineage of those of us who are Black American, classified as Black by the United States of America. Uh, our most recent racial classification. Before that, we were classified as Negro. Before that, colored. I have family in my history that goes back to mulatto. Um, Abraham Lincoln's mother was a Melungeon. They have all these different racial categories, different natives, but you know, now we're classified as black. Some say African-American. I'm cool with all of the uh, classifications. I really don't care. I I generally don't go with uh, African-American because you know, like I said, when you look at American history, shit, we've been here for a long time. I read uh, one of Dr. Clyde Winter's books earlier this year. I read it. I read it in about two hours. Y'all know I'm a speed reader. Um, and it was talking about you know America's Black Americans' history here in the United States of America, uh, long before uh, Africa, before the slave trade. See, there's one. Uh, there's one thing. We got to remember, people, when we're talking about the uh, blacks in America, we got to realize we came here in five different phases over the last 100,000 plus years. Um, You have those people who have the polygenesis point of view thinking that we always been here. My frequent guest, Debbie Oklahoma, she subscribes to that. I personally don't subscribe to the polygenesis theory. I do believe humankind started in Africa then migrated across the planet um, that's what I do believe just based off of what I've read and researched but I wasn't there so if polygenesis is true and or if humans were here back during Pangea they say we something we weren't something we are whatever I don't get too much into that but I do want to get into the five phases that the five migrations that black people came here on this is from Dr. Clyde Winters you have another also Dr. James Emotep I'm gonna go get those books for you. Um, yeah, I'm, I need I need to show you all those books. But anyway, uh, the five migrations you have the original, the Twa and Booty. Those are the people that they call the uh, pygmies, the little midget motherfuckers. <laughs> Shout out to, to to the Twa people. No no offense if you are, if, if 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 you are Twa. Uh, let me see here. Let me, let me pull a picture. I didn't see this part. See, I be doing this shit off the top of my head. You know, this is all inspired by some shit that I saw on Instagram earlier. Now I'm about to talk to you motherfuckers off the top of my head, and I ain't got these pictures prepared. Um, But you got the Twa people. Let me show. Let me see here. Let me, let me see if I can put them up. Let's see here. Got a JPEG. Here, let me see here. Here we go. Here we go. These are the Twa. The Twa and Booty. They call them pygmies, like I said. 
the shortest ones be like three nine. The, like the tallest one to be like uh, four eight. I'd be like the tallest one. Well, anyway, these are the first people to populate the planet across the world. Like again, get this from Dr. James Emotep, the first American for Africans, and also Dr. Clyde Winters. These are the people that were known as the Celtic, the Celtic, the you know the whole. When you, when you talk about England, the whole luck of the Irish, the whole leprechaun, that was these people. Uh, that's how they were known in England. Here in the Americas, these were known when the uh, when the Mongoloid came over here and the later 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 migrations of Africans came over here. They said these were the people that they saw here first. These were the people that built the mounds. These were the people that built the mounds in St. Louis, Alabama, Arkansas up and down the Mississippi River. These are the most intelligent, peaceful humans on Earth. Matter of fact, there's a story in that book, The First American for Africa, over off the coast of Hat where what's now known as Halifax, Nova Scotia. There was a war in about the year like 990, where the when that's when the Vikings first came over to the Americas, fought a war with them. These little motherfuckers beat the dog shit out of them, and the Vikings didn't come back until the year, to the year 1100 quick little history tidbit but this is your first migration of people pygmy i don't use the word pygmy because pygmy is a derogatory term that the europeans created they call themselves they're known as the twa as in booty that's what that that that's what well those are names that they've self-identified as so those are the names that i use again according to the book the first americans were africans by um by uh that what's that nigga? What's what's uh, not not that nigga, he's a great guy. Um James Emotep. He kind of looked like uh Carlos Boozer. Okay, let me, let me get a picture of the book. This book now I got this shit because it's out of print. I could have sold this book a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago. He has a th the third edition coming out now. But I could have sold this book a couple months ago for $3,000 because it's out of print. But this is the book that I got it from. I got the second edition. Uh, the third edition, I think, is out now. Uh, you can't find this book. You you can't find it, but it's going to cost you a lot of money. That's why you should invest in research books because these motherfuckers go out of print and then be worth a fuck ton of money. Again, I at one point, I could have got $2,500 for this book. Did I sell it? Hell no. Because the information I got up here is far worth more than the $2,500 that it would have been worth. You dig? Well, anyway, these are your Twat and Booty people. Um, these are your first Americans to uh, Africans to America. And then the second um, migration to America was the Folsom. The Folsom, you, you have skeletons of them dug up 50, 70, 100,000 years old. Anytime you see the city, a city named Folsom, that's a site that African bones were dug up. Again, going back over 50,000 years. Funny thing about it is a lot of prisons around the country are where? In Folsom. Folsom, Atlanta. Folsom, California. Folsom, New Mexico. You're going to find some motherfucking prisons, right? I encourage you to look up uh, what's his name again. This should be off the top of my head. What's that? What's that man's name? Uh, George. 
Majunkin, that's the name. Well, George Majunkin, let me pull up his picture real quick. George Majunkin was a cowboy, and uh, uh, he was like a day-to-day archaeologist. And like he's like a he did archaeology on his own. And George Majunkin, this dude right here, was in New Mexico and was digging around, and he found a site with bones. And in what's now known as Folsom, New Mexico, he found bones of Folsom people going back over 50,000 years. So again, when you see the term Folsom, you're dealing with dark-skinned people who migrated from Africa to the Americas. All right? Over 100,000 years, the Folsom people. That was the second migration of black people to the Americas. And you know, we always got to consider climate history when we're talking about history. The reason why there's so much up and down here in the Americas, like, go to Arizona. You see all those mesas and shit. Mesas is when the Ice Age basically cut off their mountains. And so, um, in Arizona and California, in the last 100,000 years, there's been warming and cooling of the planet. And we've had these big-ass glaciers that have come over especially the western part of the United States. So there were times people weren't living here because it was under inflation, right? So these people had to move and migrate because of climate history. Gotta remember, 30,000 years ago, Atlantis was still here. See, people, let me pull this shit up for y'all. Again, another thing I read in the book, The First Americans Were Africans, something that turned me on to. Y'all be like, oh, man, DeWan just on that hotel shit, man. Oh, DeWan, man, what you talking about? Man, it ain't no Atlantis, man. It ain't no blue, 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 blue. Okay. The reason why scientists don't like talking about that shit. There's a place over in the Caribbean, and I encourage you to look it up. It's called Bimini Road. You can actually take, um... It's open. It's not a secret place. You could you could take boats. They have like clear boats where you can look down. You can go and scuba dive over there. But again, this isn't some far out there shit. When you understand climate history of the planet, the climate dictates people movement. It always will, always has. Climate dictates how people move throughout the planet. Northern Africa, the Sahara Desert, was once a fucking rainforest full of rivers and shit. This is Bimini Road in the Bahamas. This is about 60 feet below water. Look at that. These are man-made structures, people. Am I getting too deep for y'all? Look at this. This is a breakwater. This is in Bimini Road in the Bahamas. That's a breakwater. Look at this. This is a breakwater. This is put together by people. In the book, The First Americans Were Africans, this is a port. They bring up these images in that book. And what it, what it was was, it's not no mystical shit. 30,000 years ago, when the goddamn ice caps was coming down over Canada, guess what that meant? Lower sea levels. When the sea is lower, guess what? People build civilizations off the beach. 
the same way they do now. Ain't nothing changed. If you got beachfront property, where are you going to build? In front of the beach? Or somewhere back in the deep, away from all the water? Hell yeah, you're going to build. That's why most of America is along the eastern seaboard or along that western seaboard. And all across that Midwest, past mid, once you get past the Mississippi, and getting all that shit, ain't nothing there. No different back then. So, basically, what happened was the earth warmed up. The polar caps receded. Sea levels rose. Former civilizations that were right there now are underwater. That's all the fuck Bimini Road is. That's all we we talk. We we got, we got to demystify stuff because of the white man showed up six to eight eight thousand years ago. So he had to rewrite this whole fucking history to make himself not look like such a toddler on the planet. If we talk history and climate change and talk about the Sahara once being a forest and how the Bahamas was once a much bigger land. And then even when you go down to uh, Australia and those Bora Bora, those islands, you see 30,000 years ago, that was one. It was no island. Those are what Australia, East Timor, all that shit was one big landmass. Indonesia was one big landmass, but it wasn't no mystical shit. You had big ass ice caps. <laughs> That's all it was. That's all it was. There's nothing like, oh no, some mystical thing happened. No, the planet got hotter. The motherfucking ice caps melted. That's why we go to this down, we go down through the Sierra Nevada mountains, down Highway 395, one of the most beautiful drives you'll ever have here in California. You'll see there's still glaciers up there. You'll see, like, the mountains are kind of, like, shaved because when those ice caps receded, it fucking chipped off that side of the goddamn mountain. That's all it is. So where was I? I was at the Folsom. The third migration of black people here to the Americas was the Algonquin. That's why a lot of you people, especially on the East Coast, you'll see a lot of Algonquin shit. Oh, this is the Algonquin Hotel. What are they telling you? Look at this. This is underwater in Bimini right now. Didn't no fucking sea waves create that. Somebody made that tens of thousands of years ago. And then the fucking sea levels rose. And now the shit's underwater. That's all it is. So... The third migration here was the Algonquin. And these are when you start to get um, people with more of the long, silky hair. The Algonquin have been here for over 10,000 years. That's where you get Hiawatha. That's where you get the Iroquois Confederacy. That's where you get the term bury the hatchet when Hiawatha in the year 1151 got together with the Iroquois tribes up in the upper Northeast. They all got together and they created a constitution a Senate and a Congress to rule the area so they can stop war and they had peace up in that area up until the European came through. Um, those are your Al Algonquin tribes. And then the fourth migration, you had your Moorish traders when the Moorish Empire was popping and all that shit was going on. You had your people that were coming here, your, your Mansa Musa, your uh, Abu Kari, your different 
African traders who came over here and they settled on this land um, as, as merchants, as traders, as bosses. And that's been going on back and forth for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You feel me? And then your fifth migration was your slave. The people who came over on the slave ship. But out of all the migrations, the fifth migration, the slave one, was the least populous. Because according to records, somewhere beating the ballpark of 350 to 400,000 slaves came to the North America directly from Africa. So I'm setting all this up as the groundwork to the video we about to play and the discussion we are about to have. Black Americans have a unique culture. Who we are is an amalgamation of all of the migrations of people who were here. We were here long before the slave trade and some of us came during the slave trade. And in the last 40 years, some have come after. This broadcast is on the people who have come after the slave trade mostly after the 1960s, really, as we talk about, mostly in the 70s and 80s, like, really started allowing large numbers of, of Africans over here in the 70s and the 80s. There are a group of people who've come here and they've been miseducated about who we are as black people by Europeans back at home. Who controls the education systems in Africa? The Euro. So who teaches these people about black people? The same fuckers that teach us about them. This miscommunication channel called the European. So AP Trader is uh, that's nothing. I'm gonna hear. That's a good comment. I want to address this comment before I move forward. I guess too much. Too try. I can't say. He said we didn't come off slave ships. Yes. He said we, we didn't come off slave ships. That we that we the Caribbean. They took people from here to the Caribbean. I want to address that. Look, dude. There is no one way of anything. Yes, people did come off slave ships from Africa. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. But it's also true. The African, that black indigenous people were shipped to England. It's also true that black people in the Americas were also traded down into the Caribbean. Yes, there are families of people. Randy Short talks about that. Randy Short talks about uh, his family being uh, sent to Haiti and then coming back in the 1800s. A lot of black people were shipped from the Americas to Haiti, to the Caribbean. Hell, there were a lot of, most of the, most of the slave trade Go back to what Rikers Island is. Rikers Island started because the Riker motherfucker was a slave catcher. That's why people are still in Rikers Island now with no charges. Because Rikers Island was somewhere that they would go and capture free indigenous Algonquins, black people, put them in chains, and put them on a boat and send them in, in, at, the, at, at Wall Street, at the stock market exchange. They would capture free blacks in the Northeast prisoners of war and sell them off to plantations down south all of it existed all of it happened at the same time you were right but one thing we as black people got to stop doing because i see we do this all the time and i think it's a subconscious thing because i used to do it 
It's just something I'm bringing awareness to. I ain't saying this shit because I'm a perfect motherfucker. I'm saying this shit because it's something I, I became aware to. So since I become aware to it, I just want to spread this shit to other people. That's the only reason why I goddamn talk. I ain't talking as no goddamn person that know it all. I'm talking as a person that is figuring this shit out. And I spread it around when I figure it out. You feel me? But yeah, no, no, no. All this shit happened at once. I mean, at the same time. And at the same time, you had people who were enslaved and you had people who weren't enslaved. I had one side of my family. The side that was in um, Northampton, Virginia, they were never enslaved. They were in Virginia through the 1830s and then migrated to Indiana. Never enslaved. I have another side of my family who was very, very light-skinned and mulatto and like them, like when I go, when I see them, they can pass for white. They were enslaved in not just Mississippi. I have other family that was dark, 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 that was enslaved in Louisiana. So all of this shit's true. No need to fight. God damn it. No need to fight. No need to go at niggas over certain, certain 80% of the arguments we have within black society don't need to be had. Because you arguing all day and night because both of you motherfuckers is telling the truth. Think of Larry calling me. I'm online, nigga. I'll call you back. <laughs> Larry Goodwill calling. One of the worst human beings on earth. So let's get into that video that I was telling y'all that made me go into this whole tangent. And then we're going to talk about this video. It's a couple videos on play, but I really want to start with this one right here. And then. We are going to talk about Nigerian traveler abroad got this talk from their family where they will sit you down and tell you you are going there. Don't go and talk to them. I'm going to start back from the beginning. The audio is kind of low. I'm going to turn the music down. It's kind of low. It's kind of low. So y'all going to turn y'all shit up. And then when I come back in, y'all going to turn y'all shit down. Because uh, this is a screen recording. So the, the audio is kind of low on this motherfucker. So basically, this is some kind of talk show. And they're talking about how Africans view indigenous black Americans because of Western media. Now, listen in. Nigerians that travel abroad got this talk from their family where they will sit you down and tell you, you're going there. Don't go and talk to those black Americans. Though. You just go and get pregnant. You get into drugs. You get, you start become gang banging. They give you that talk. That just go to the white community, find a nice place. Be, they just and go be and, be and be be, be decent. Mm. Stay with the white people. They give you that talk. Mm. So when you enter America, you already have a perception of African Americans. You judge them. Mm. And of course, they can see that judgment in your behavior towards them. And they see how you're almost like, yes, ma yes master, to the, uh, to the Yimbos. They see, they're not blind. Mm -hmm. So when they, when they have that um, feeling of... Um, um, when, when they become defensive, when you're in their presence, it's because they see that perception you have of them. So I know I got that talk. And a lot of Nigerians got that talk. So we are over there. We are doing well. We are doctors. We are building houses. We are feeling like, yes, yeah, so we come to the land of the living. We are the land of the plenty. And we are doing well. <laughs> Forgetting that some people sacrificed mm, for, for you to even go there in the first place. Mm. So is that acknowledgement? Mm. That the African American community are expecting of us, especially those of us living in America. Okay. Can I say so, something? Okay. Can I just I wanted to answer you mm. because um, 
let's not forget that you cannot give what you don't have. Mm. In our society, mm. we are racists. When white, watch, no, racism, racism, when we see white people, we worship them. When you have an organization and they come in to either look for a job or they are working there, you see the way your people behave towards them. They don't give them, they don't give their people the same respect that they give to the white person. Mm. So people that already have that mindset that the white is better will go and be fighting for somebody else. It's not possible. Mm. It begins at home. I, I, and I, I, what, I, may I quickly launch that? The only way this can stop, where we believe that everybody is equal, is if we take down that image that is a white man that is God. That's the only way. Hey, I BC, am telling you. BC, don't go it's there. an image that human beings have created. Nobody has BC, seen God. Us a different angle. Human beings have created that. Oh, see, they're talking about the education system over in, um, over in Africa. And I've had this conversation on uh, Craig Facts before. With Dozy, he talked about the whole Christian shit and how, like, a lot of the cats over there really be on that stuff hard. Black folks, we be over here hard on Christianity, but not like these motherfuckers. It's a different level. And you heard her, you know, you heard them coming clean. You know, she was talking about how Americans are treated, how Africans look at black Americans. They forget the sacrifices that we had, that we made for them to get over here, and they be one of, they the ones that be over here talking shit. I'm gonna fast forward because there's other part I want, there's other video I want you to see that was on here. Here, here you go, because this again, I, I I screen recorded this shit off Instagram. This brother named Aboriginal uh, Carolina, um, I follow his Instagram account, and he played this shit on his Instagram this morning, and I was watching it. Well, we don't want them here. Here we go. They're your brothers. They're not our and brothers. Sisters. They're not our brothers. They if, are. If you were born in America uh. and have lived there for 300 years, you are not. You are no longer African. Those are Americans. We don't need them. We don't need they them. They were taken develop. away, unfortunately, but they are Americans. We will develop by ourselves. Yeah, we have the capacity. We have the will. We have the resolve. We don't need them. No, I totally agree. Thank, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. I would like to address this point of African Americans being called Akata, and which a lot of people are unhappy about. First, let's apologize for for that word, but the fact remains that Akata is not a negative word. Just like okay, I'm gonna stop it. Then we gonna go back. You saw what the dude. Dressed like a weird-ass African Carlton from the Fresh Prince. But with 99.9% .9 less of the swag. Had to say about black Americans. And then you go into what this lady, I don't know who this, I don't know who this is. Again, I screen recorded this off of Instagram this morning. And this lady here is talking about the word Akata. What's up, Lady Hotep? What's up, Aaron? What's up, Dev? You see the way this lady here is talking about the word Akata. First of all, she says, I, I have to apologize first. First of all, look, if the word isn't bad, why do you have to apologize? Because she's going to go in and talking about how 
it wasn't meant to be a bad word at first. Yeah, yeah, a lot of things. Nigger wasn't meant to be a bad word at first. Either. I mean, nigger. That wasn't meant to be a bad word when, I'm a nigger, when, black, when black people said nigga. But when they came in and said nigger, it turned into one. And then when we flipped it and turned it back to what we say, we made the shit positive again. So words take on context and connotation of the group that's saying it. That's why black people can say nigger and people that aren't black can't. Because the connotation is different. So she's already talking about apologizing when at the same time she wants to explain why we shouldn't do it. I'm going to play the rest of this video, then we're going to have a good talk. We have Yorubas, we have Igbos. Just to differentiate people that were taken away from Africa at this point of African-Americans being called Akata, and which a lot of people are unhappy about. First, let's apologize for, for that word, but the fact remains that Akata is not a negative word. Just like we have Yorubas, we have Igbos, just to differentiate people that were taken away from Africa as slaves and their descendants. That is why we use the word Akata. It was never meant to be a derogatory word. It was never meant to Bullshit. Igbo, Hausa. Those are groups that named themselves that. Stop bullshitting. She ain't being 100. But let's keep going. A negative word. And to be honest, it amazes me when people take offense at being called Akata. And then you hear people calling themselves niggas. Beaches and hoes, you know, I think those are hear that shit. They call themselves niggas, beaches, and hoes. And what the fuck that got to do with you creating a negative word towards us? We ain't got no negative word towards you. The ones that we really need to, to speak about as a community because we are the only people that use negative languages on ourselves. You know, that's another lie. That's another lie. That's another lie. People say we are. I hate when black people say that. Black people in America and Africans say the same shit. We are the only people that use negative words on ourselves. Bullshit. Every group has a negative word, multiple negative negative words that they say to other people within their group that they don't agree with. That's a human thing, nigga. That's what makes it seem like we the only ones that do shit like that. No. Every group has negative words that it uses to describe others within that group or other ethnic groups within the country that they don't fucking get along with. It's and even amongst friends, that is just the, the, the scary thing. Even friends will be calling themselves O's and bitches and niggas and all that. I think we need to be more worried about such words than Akata. Akata is never. That is just our way of saying you, the African-Americans, they are part of... You see, that's, that's another thing that they do. That's what they do. They want to tell black people what we should be worried about. Who is this motherfucker? Who is anybody to tell us what the fuck we need to be worried about? That's something I dealt with in that clubhouse group I was telling y'all about last week. It was a brother from the diaspora coming in. Man, black people, man, y'all need to be worried about more with the Europeans, man. It ain't even enough Africans here to be doing. Why y'all worried about us? Because you fucking with us. That's why. Let me keep going. They're Africans, but just like you will say a Nigerian, an Ugandan, 
And rather than saying African-American, we say Akata. That is just it. Let's not cause division with some people saying, oh, it's meant to be derogatory. There's nothing derogatory about it. And that is just the honest Some of you talk about the tension a little bit in the black community. Right here. I didn't record the rest of this, but look at this here. They're gonna shoot. Just listen to what she says about the African booty scratcher and how old she was the last time she heard it. Listen to this shit. But with like between Africans and African Americans. Well, like in middle school, um, you know, my back, my black friends would be like, would tease me and be like, "Oh, you're an African booty scratcher and stuff." You yeah, they would tease because you and say what? That you're an African booty scratcher. Nigga, let's talk about this. And y'all heard me talk about this with Dozy on Craig Facts. African booty scratcher? Did y'all peep how old she was when she said she was called that? Middle school? So, you're harboring feelings from a middle school joke. African booty scratch. Remember, they said that shit on Boys in the Hood. It was not there African in Boys in the Hood. Remember that the scene early in the movie? He was like, man, you're an African booty scratcher. I got called an African booty scratcher. God damn it. Kids say dumbass jokes. Kids say stupid ass jokes all the time. Everybody gets it as a kid. You know how many fat jokes I got? That's why I got jokes now, nigga. Because you can't be in elementary school and not have jokes. You can be the light-skinned, green-eyed chick with in a two-parent home and get picked up in a Mercedes every day, and niggas gonna be like, who this old perfect bitch think she is? <laughs> we just crack jokes. I'm sorry. You might see, that's what he said. I'm not from Africa, I'm from Crenshaw Mafia. That's seen in Boys in the Hood. Look. Black culture, let me, let me, this is for the African people in the diaspora that may be watching this program mad than a motherfucker at what I'm talking about. Let me give you a little preview, a little preview into black American culture. In black American culture, we talk shit at home. It's part of our culture. Why does it exist in our culture? I'm going to tell you why, right from my grandfather's mouth. My grandfather is still alive. 96 years old, going to be 97 in March. Grace, Mississippi is where he's born. Came to Los Angeles in 1937. My grandfather was around when Jim Crow was at his worst. Mind you, yes, everybody went through slavery, but only black Americans went through Jim Crow. And that's what makes us different. 
My grandfather, you know what he called me when I was five? When I was four? I was known as the little fat motherfucker. That's what my grandfather called me. Come here, little fat bastard. Hey, little fat motherfucker. Get some orange juice. Hey, little fat motherfucker, I just made some pancakes. Then my, my grandfather was so cold, this is what Poppy would do. This motherfucker make all this food, right? And then I'll eat some of his pancakes, but you know, old black men, they made them thick-ass pancakes. Shit look like real cakes. And you eat it, and like, little nigga, I'm hungry, I'm full now. He'd be like, I done made all that food. You better eat some more of that shit. I'd eat more. And then his homeboys would come by the house later on, they'd be playing cards, spades and shit. And while he and his homeboys are drinking and playing spades, all he would do is be like, look at that little fat motherfucker. That's why he fat now. I done made 15 pancakes and this little fat motherfucker ate 14 of them. I didn't, I didn't get one pancake as a little fat bastard right here. This little fat motherfucker. That was my, that was my childhood. <laughs> my brother and my sisters, I love my brother and sister. I saw my sister yesterday. We clowned. I was the youngest, so I got it hard. My brother and sister, hey, little, because my brother and sister was skinny. I was always the fat kid in the house. My mom was like 96 pounds before she had me. And I was born like goddamn 10 pounds or some shit like that. I got clowned like a motherfucker. We clowned each other. We used to clown in church. We used to be in youth service talking shit. Don't don't come in you service with a bowl cut. <laughs> you getting it in church? That's just and, and, and well, I remember what my grandmother used to say when I was a little kid and I would get hurt because as a five year old you get hurt when your granddaddy say shit like that. But I remember what my grandmother used to always say, "We toughen you up in here because you're gonna face a tough world out there." And if you learn how to manage being toughened up with your family, it'd be easier facing the world out there with people who don't fuck with you. Nisi said, I got crowned for wearing glasses. Yes. Host up, Patrice. Black American culture toughens you up at home. Because they knew you dealt with a tough world out there. They knew once you left the house, especially those that were raised in the Jim Crow era, you anything could be said to you out there. So what are you going to do? Because when my grandfather grew up in Grace, Mississippi, if somebody said to him, something to him out there and he reacted in, the, in a certain way, that means they lynch his ass, they kill his ass. As a matter of fact, that's why they got on the train and had to move the fucking L.A. to begin with. My granddaddy said some shit to the wrong white person that is a 13-year-old. And they had to get on the train and move the fuck to L.A. So that's black American culture you, you're coming up against. They told you motherfuckers that we have no culture. And they lied to you. They lied to you African people when they told you we have no culture. The best of American culture is black culture. Created with us, for us, by us, without nobody's fucking help. The music, ours.
the construction, the way we construct buildings in America, ours. The black people weren't just the slaves, they were also the fucking engineers. Benjamin Banneker, designed Washington, D.C., Philadelphia. That's our shit. They told you motherfuckers wrong. Somebody done told you wrong. Don't get mad at us. Get mad at your mama. Your mama told you you can trust these motherfuckers. These people is on your land, stealing all your shit. But you want to come over here and act like you better than us? And you want to complain about a fucking elementary school joke? And they all complain about that one joke. Nigga, do you know one joke was just the first of hundreds on a regular day in elementary school when I was a kid? Them schools wasn't teaching us shit, so we clowned. That's our culture. And it's born out of Jim Crow. Toughing you up in the house toughing you up within the circle so when you face these crack, these crooked motherfuckers, you already ready for it. That's why these kids are sensitive now. They don't get no fucking toughening up at home. Toughen up. That's all it is. It ain't personal. My African brothers and sisters, I don't hate y'all. I'm just correcting this shit. Because I don't know if y'all be on Clubhouse, man. They, these motherfuckers be having rooms on Clubhouse about black Americans every fucking day. And I'll go in these rooms from time to time just to listen. Because although I don't agree with people, I still like to listen to what they're saying. I want to make sure I ain't tripping. So I listen to what they're saying, and it'd be the same shit over and over and over. And one thing they'll do is, this is one thing they'll do to change the subject the conversation. And the guy on the, in the video earlier hit on this. What they'll do to deflect and change the conversation is they'll talk about, well, black people are dealing with all kinds of issues. You know, you have to deal with white supremacy. Why are you focused on us? We're focused on you because the white supremacists use you and their little bullshit pyramid scheme against us. I don't care how you feel about this. It doesn't matter how you feel. This is what America's always done. See, this is what a lot of people from the diaspora don't realize. When it comes to the fight between white and black here in the United States of America, it's a family affair. Did I just say that? It's a family affair. People don't be wanting to understand that. The fight between white and black in America is a family affair. Why do I say that? Why do I say that? Because we all got white cousins. I mean, blood. 
the white cousins are just the ones that ended up with the real estate and the property. And we the ones that got asked out and had to move to the north and to the west out of Mississippi, Arkansas, Alabama, Louisiana, Texas, Georgia during the early 1900s. Go back in your family history. You will come across that white great-great-great-granddaddy. I promise you will. I've showed this before in this show. I'm going to show it again. This is a uh, newspaper clipping that I got. This is a newspaper clipping that I had gotten from... um, Where did I get it from? I got it from when I was doing some family history search. This is a clipping from when my five times great granddad was to be free down there in Notches, Mississippi in the year 1855. This is an actual newspaper clipping proving the family lineage a lot of us have with white America. Basically what it says here, look right here, there are all light-skinned mulattoes. They were the property of Wilford Hoggett. Who's Wilford Hoggett? That's my my six times great granddaddy, a white dude, unfortunately. But fortunately, because I am who I am today because of all that coming together. Due to unforeseen circumstances, his will will not be carried out into effect until his son Nathaniel arrived at legal age. Well, my great-granddaddy was Anthony, up here, Anthony, age 24. He was supposed to be freed. Wilfred Hargett had sex with one of the uh, uh, slave women, birthed my five times great-granddaddy Anthony Hargett, 24 years old, and he set in his will that when he died in 1855, or whatever year he died, he ended up dying in 1855, that my great-granddaddy, five times great-granddaddy, Alfred Hoggett, I mean, Anthony Hoggett, was to be free. But then the courts decided, due to unforeseen circumstances, he can't be freed until the youngest son, Nathaniel, arrived at legal age. Do y'all know that Nathaniel was two months old at the time? So even when a nigga got free, the law said, uh-uh. And then we all know 1855, 1860 comes, the Civil War starts in 1861, 1865, the slaves were free um, at the end of the Civil War. So motherfucker got his freedom anyway. I have more. I got more white folks in the family. When it comes to the fight between black and and white in America, it's resources that would literally take it from us. And we still got cousins that own acres and acres and acres of land that should have been ours, but we couldn't keep it because we was black. And don't give me no shit about, well, they're poor white people too. Look, I'm gonna, I'm not, I don't have time to consider people who had the opportunity and squandered it. That's their problem. 
My family didn't squander shit. It was taken from them. Taken from them. So when y'all come over here from Africa and these other countries, you guys are coming into a family fight that was going on hundreds of years before you got here, nigga. In these hundreds of years before we got here, we've seen white America use immigration as a policy to specifically displace black Americans. Going back to the 1600s, they brought so many British and Anglo-Saxons over here to whiten America up. And as America started to get more wealthy because of its labor-based economy, they started bringing white people over here to get the good jobs that stood on and were supported by the labor that black people were created, creating. So while black people were the labor, White people got to come over here and be the managers of the textile companies. They got to be the salespeople of the textile companies. They got to be all of the non-labor force of these companies that the labor of Black America was building. And then it started to be, okay, we ran out of fucking Anglo-Saxons to come over here, but it's still too many niggas. All right, cool. Now we're going to start allowing the... Irish, the other white people that we didn't like over there in Europe. We still don't like them here, but we're going to bring them anyway because there's too many niggas. Slavery's over with. Reconstruction happened, and these niggas rebuilt the South and rebuilt America after the end of the Civil War. But we don't want these motherfuckers to get economically ahead. So what we're going to do is we're going to invite all these white Europeans that we, we don't really fuck with like that, but we fuck with them more than we fuck with these niggas. So that's when you're Irish, you're Italian, you're German, and all these motherfuckers started coming over here and drove your ethnic whites. And they weren't considered white. 1880, 1890, 1900, 1910, 1920. They created whites only unions because in the 1870s, the only skilled labor was black. So in the 1880s, if you wanted a government contract to build something, you had to be a company that had a union. If you wanted to build these skyscrapers coming into New York, it had to be a union company. If you wanted to build this stuff, it had to be union. And unions were whites only. If you're black, you couldn't get in the union. So if you couldn't get in the union, you couldn't get a job. So us as black Americans, seeing these other groups come over and be forced in with us, we treat them right. You know, there's no time in American history ever where you saw any ethnic minority group that came to America that black people displaced, that black people terrorized, that black people fucked with. 
We've always been open with these other groups coming into our neighborhoods. And then we have the Chinese coming over. And they say the Chinese built the railroad. No, the Chinese fucking extended the railroad to the West. But they chose to come. We had already built the shit. God damn it. It would be no westward expansion if the black people hadn't already built every fucking piece of train track on the East Coast and then the South, nigga. Irish were indentured servants. You're right, not slaves. And when the Irish were done being indentured servants, they got something called freedom dues. Look that. Look at the term freedom dues. If you're Irish and you're an indentured service, indentured servant, you got freedom dues. So you got your reparations. You ain't one of us. So you're right. Jews weren't allowed to be white. These were other groups, but they were brought in because they got to be buffer classes. They got to get jobs over the Negroes. The 1920s come. The Great Depression hits. Those jobs are gone. White folks is turning up on each other, killing each other. The Irish versus the Jews versus the Italians. They start killing each other in their own communities. Dumb niggas. Let's say that. Look up the 1920s. We get a group of people who ain't got shit, who aren't part of the of the top class. They gotta start fighting each other for the little bit of the resources that come to the community. It's just human nature, nigga. So they fight each other. So then FDR comes in with the New Deal. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. New Deal. You know, do you know? where child labor laws come from. Child labor laws come from in the nineteen teens, white men weren't getting jobs because they was hiring kids to do all the labor. Because, you know, we 14, 13, 15, you can hammer shit all goddamn day. More than a 30-year-old can. So there's kids getting these jobs. So since white men was bitching and complaining and crying like little hoes about not getting jobs, they came in with these labor laws. You gotta be at least 18 to work. That's where that shit come from. They weren't protecting children. It was reparations for dusty ass white men who couldn't create shit. Like black people said, you ain't gonna give us no job. Fuck it, we'll create jazz and create a job. That's what we did. But they ain't that talented. So they had to cry and bitch and moan to the government. And then the government came up with child labor laws so white men could get jobs, nigga. Let's tell the whole truth. So the New Deal comes in. The New Deal is money and opportunity for white people. Eight hour work week. Guarantees social security and medical because the country was getting ripped apart. This country was about to be donezo in the 1930s after that Great Depression. This shit was about to go into an all-out war. Bigger than the Civil War, because now you got all these other ethnic whites here that never got along back in Europe. It's not just the Germanic tribe, the Anglo-Saxon Germanic tribes. Now you got the South, the ethnic white tribes that got a little bit of nigga in them over here too to answer the problem. So the Civil War that was about to bust out in the 1920s and 30s was about to be way worse than what happened in the 1860s. So they came up with the New Deal and it gave it was affirmative action for white people. 
That's what the New Deal was. You ever ask yourself, why isn't agriculture and the service industries included in the minimum wage? Do you want to know why waitresses, waiters get tips? Because when the New Deal was passed, they said, look, we need shit. Yes, we do. We just want to make sure the niggas don't get nothing. So what FDR did was look at the industries black people uh, worked in, which was the farming industry, agriculture, and the service industry. The Pullman porters, the, the waitresses, the cooks, the back office people, they weren't included in this new minimum wage because those were black jobs. That's why I don't feel bad when Mexicans come over here and take those jobs. You chose to come here and shit. Ain't my fault. If you chose not to come here, those motherfuckers would have been forced to pay a living wage. They always say black people didn't want them jobs. Black people would have kept doing them jobs if you paid them enough to live on. They were sharecroppers and never worked hard and never, no matter how much those black people picked in the 50s and the 60s and the 40s and the 20s and the teens, never paid off their fucking debts because the way the shit was set up. You chose to come over here when we had them by the balls in the 60s to where they had to finally fucking pay us what we, what we deserve. We had them by the nuts. America said, we don't want to pay nobody, so let's import some people from these other countries that don't get paid shit. Matter of fact, we devastated their economies back home. We're going to ensure they don't they don't get paid because we're going to fuck up their economy. And you chose to come over here and you undercut the price of labor. You didn't do that intentionally. You just want to get your family just wanted to get a job. Cool. I ain't got no problem with that. You think your family just wanted a job. Cool. But them coming undercut the price of labor. Which then again displaced black people and we had to find new sources of revenue and ways to get money. That's how the country uses immigration. Again, this isn't anything personal. I'm just putting you motherfuckers up on game of how y'all getting played. So then they reclassify. Do y'all know that white people weren't reclassified? I mean, Irish people weren't classified as officially white until 1977? Yeah, the same year Earth and Fire came out with Boogie Land, Boogie Wonderland. Yeah, that year. Boogie Wonderland. That was the year Irish were finally classified as white. So America's always done this. And then we get to the 60s. Black people get civil rights. Quote, unquote. Because we got civil rights in the 1860s. They don't like talking to y'all about that. 1866 through 1868, 1869. Fuck ton of civil rights laws were passed. That was never obeyed. So 100 years later, America replayed the same thing. America gets that step back. Crossover. Uh-uh. Step back like James Harden sidestep. Bucket. That's what they did. They replayed the same move on us in the 60s. A lot of people still think the first black people civil rights came in the 1960s. No, nigga, that shit came in the 1860s. The laws are already on the books to treat us right. The 
Only thing that ain't on the books is the motivation to do so. So anyway, the 60s come. And they start importing immigrants. We have the um, the uh, Moynihan Report. And in the Moynihan Report, it starts talking about how we're going to take a break on calling black. We're going to come up with these terms called minority, people of color. We all know those terms mean Latinos, Asians, um, basically anybody who isn't a white male who isn't black. Minority includes women. They put that trick in bagging us. And we and black people fought for immigration, unfortunately. We 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 fought for it. We fought for it real hard. We're thinking we're gonna get some more Marcus Garvey's and Stokely Carmichael's in this motherfucker. But instead we get lipstick alley and Issa Rae and these sorry sons of motherfucking people that don't give a fuck about black people showing us in a negative light showing they people as a positive light these world star hip hop motherfuckers we didn't my grandparents didn't know these world star hip hop niggas was coming they thought more people that was more like goddamn Farrakhan's mama was coming so they created these terms and the rights that we fought for as black people, we, we thought we was getting affirmative action that was for us. It ended up benefiting white women more than anyone else. And immigrants like Kamala. Kamala got to, big time she got to uh, benefit from affirmative action. Fresh out of India, she was an anchor baby. She got a benefit for all the shit that we fought for without not having to go through any of the shit that we fought. You get your Barack Obamas, your Colin Powell's, your Eric Holders, these people from immigrant backgrounds that come in and benefit from the programs our grandparents and great-grandparents fought for. Oh, the, you know how it is on the admission records. Oh, that nigga name is Dewan Brown? Uh, nah, you can't get in. Oh, your name is uh, Johnny Akinwali? Oh, the nigga, put that nigga in first. He get, yeah, Johnny Akinwali. That'll fill in our fucking bullshit ass minimum requirements for ethnic diversity. And again, I ain't blaming y'all. Y'all just taking advantage. I get it. But I that just because I don't blame y'all, I'm not gonna not talk shit about how the system uses y'all against us. This is blank. This is game for my people, and it's game for you too if you listen. It's game for you too if you listen. Because white folks always use buffer classes until they can't use them no more. And then you're done. And then you're done. These white people don't care about y'all. Look what they did to Noir. That 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 shooter over in uh Minnesota. 
first black, first cop to ever go to jail was an African immigrant who a year before he shot that white woman was getting praised in that same newspaper as a model rookie cop. They don't give a fuck about y'all either. But they will use you as a buffer class. We got to have these conversations within houses, black Americans. Why am I bringing this conversation up? Y'all know me. I don't just talk to talk. I talk for solutions. God damn it. How do we fix this? Glad you asked. One way is we have to know that our African brothers and sisters aren't stupid. They understand it. They understand the problem. And it's on them to fix it. Not on us. One issue we've had as a one issue we've had really bad as a people, we be thinking we'd have fixed everybody's issues problem. We got our own fucking issues to fix in house. In our in-house issues, we gotta identify ourselves around our culture, know our culture, defend our culture. But we can't defend our culture if we're not knowledgeable of our culture. That's part of the reason why I brought this program out. Hotep ish, intelligent ish talk, intelligent shit talk. I can spread it to my people, thousands of people at a time, who our culture is and why we share pride in that culture and why we shouldn't let nobody else fuck with it. Look, we, for the last 50 years, have always united with our African brothers and sisters, but what did they do? The first thing they did when they got on Twitter is put their fucking home country flag in. When you're putting your flag in the ground, that's letting me know what you identify with. And it ain't nothing wrong with that. That's cool. But it's time we stick our fucking flag in the ground. We have so much to be proud of as a people. We have so much to be proud of as a people. And black pride doesn't mean a diss to anybody else. Pride in black America and what we've done is just, it's just doing what you guys have always done. Acknowledging your cultural heritage and where you come from. People are just so used to us allowing people to trample on us, they get mad when we stand up. Well, hell, I remember when I was a kid, I always got mad when the ride was over too at Magic Mountain. You wait for that line, you get in the line, you get on the ride, you get on Viper, you, Viper, you go up that shit, you hit the little thing, you hit the little go upside down in the loop, you go upside down again, they ride further than the motherfucker as long as you sit. Like, yeah, woo! But what happens when the ride is over? Damn. If I want another ride like this again, I'm at the waiting in line for two more hours. So you get a little bit of a like, damn, shit. So when you see these African people mad at us for identifying ourselves around our culture and they're calling us divisive for acknowledging our culture, that ain't nothing but them at the end of the ride, realizing the ride is over, and they realize, shit, I gotta walk to the next ride. But that line may be too long, I might not have enough time in the theme park, the theme park is closing. That's why Martin Luther King said, I fear I may have integrated my people into a burning house. 
house is burning. People see the house is burning. And now the niggas are saying, you can't ride my back no more. That's a motherfucking problem. That is a motherfucking problem. You feel me? So, when we see people getting mad that we not letting them ride no more, understand that's their problem. We don't have to explain to people. They understand. They understand exactly what it is. It just, they've been trained, there's a cognitive dissonance because they've been trained that we ain't shit for so long. We ain't shit, we ain't shit, we ain't shit. Black people ain't shit. Black people. Here's another video I wanted to play. Let me play this other video real quick. Where was it? Of Nigerians that travel abroad no, got this. Not that video, not that video. Another video. Here it is. Black folks always no, still in something. You I'm always. I'm not black folks. I'm African. Yeah, that's the same thing. You no, black. The same thing. We different than you guys. Look at your hand. No, we different than you guys from here. How you different from me? Oh yeah, we different. How? We don't do the same thing. What you mean? So you better? I'm not saying we better, but we do different stuff. You like what? Give me an example. We do different stuff. We African. We do different stuff. Give me an example. Listen. Like y'all eat rabbits and we no, eat pigs. Yeah, hold on. When Obama win. Mm -hmm. I see the black folks get started dancing. You know what I told them? I said, no, it's not your win. It's Africa who win. Believe me. And you better... Oh, so Obama, you celebrated too. Of course. Obama is African. So why they can't celebrate? Did Jesse Jackson win? He never going to be able to win. Jesse Jackson, did he win? You said... Did he win? Hold up. Did you said win? you said we was dancing when Obama no, won. No, listen. Y'all don't act right. Let me oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you do. No, yeah, that's what Obama win. This this doesn't win. This doesn't so win. you say the African Americans in America don't act right. No, no, no. And no. you do. We do. That's what Obama over there. You racist. I'm not. I like you, but you know what? That's the reality I'm telling you. You're now. racist. You no, just like the white people. No, I'm not white. I'm African. No, you're like the white people. No, you're no, I'm African. I'm African. You hear me? So wait, you won't go get a diamond chain. And you see that shit? That's what I'm talking about. That kind of shit. He's telling the truth. Obama is theirs. I ain't mad at that part. Niggas did look very silly, and I was one of them celebrating Obama's win. I was one of them in 2008. Yes, I was. But I recognize my sins. That's all this is about. Recognizing your sins, repenting, and moving forward. But you don't repent to other people. You repent to yourself. Forgive yourself. Because self-guilt and self-doubt is the primary thing that be fucking us up. We project that self-guilt. Oh, oh, they hating. Oh, that person over there hating. Oh, they don't like me. No, 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 no. All that is is your own insecure thoughts about yourself being projected on the canvas across the street. 
and saying they boom 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 life is a mirror if hating is all you see that means hating is probably all that's in you free game for your ass but back again back to what he was talking about he was talking that shit talking about we different and we are we are different we are different we are black American culture is strong sitting do you know sitting at the table putting your food out and sharing it with the people at the table that's black American tradition that now gets pushed into like white folks tradition that's well that's how we taught them how to act down to motherfucking the whiskey we drink Jack Daniels that's nigga shit We as black people, man, the man was saying a lot of shit. You know, unfortunately, he was right on some of the shit that he was saying about us. You know, he definitely right about us being different. But the whole Obama ain't from here. You know, he's not. America doesn't put his black leaders from here. It's the reason why Kamala Harris ain't from here. It's the reason why that the black people who are from here only go so far because we different. We fight these motherfuckers at every turn we can. Yeah, we do We do got our coons. Yeah, we got our Larry Elders and shit. But they the minority. America imported a group of people to displace us. That's why you have Africans on every TV show now. That's why you got Africans playing our heroes. Yeah, I'm calling it out and I ain't ashamed to. Because when y'all came over here, y'all came over here talking about how different you are. Be different then, nigga. They always like being different when it comes to they shit. But when it comes to the dope shit we create, are we all brothers? We are the same. We all been through slavery. Yes, we went through slavery. Here's the difference. And And I'm saying this not to say that we're better. I'm not saying we're better than our brothers. But you've always, you, my brothers have always been clear there's a distinction. And now I'm agreeing with you and I'm clarifying where these distinctions lie. I'm not saying this is because we're better than you or because you're worse than us. I'm just saying you're right. We are different. And I'm highlighting where we're different. See, a lot of people from the Caribbean, especially from the Caribbean, They'll say, well, we were all enslaved. And I talked about this in my last broadcast a little bit, how people, when I was talking about Kamala, people like to be black at black's lowest common denominator. You're not my brother when the only time you can relate to me as a brother is when I'm in the worst possible moment. Thank you, Deep and Precious, for the cash apps. I appreciate you, my brother. Here's the difference. We've all been enslaved. 
but the black American is the only one that's been Jim Crow. Jim Crow, when you listen and read the works of Dr. Oba T. Shaka, look him up. He's still alive. He's in his 80s now. But the brother's still alive. Dr. Oba T. Shaka. Professor out of the University of San Francisco. He talks about how, and I, you know, he talks about how Jim Crow was worse for black people than slavery. And it's true. Because first of all, during the times of slavery, all black people weren't enslaved. You always had free black people during the times of slavery. You always had free black people during the times of slavery. Let me say that again. You've always had free black people during the times of slavery. Evidence in my own fucking family, right? Get this book, Southern Seed, Northern Soil. Talks about the free black people in the 1820s in North Carolina, in Virginia. Slavery was brothers and sisters who were prisoners of war, who were born into a condition and just figured that was the condition that life was about. <clears throat> Gotta realize, black people didn't start being slaves for life until George Washington signed that into law in 17... 97, I think it went... Seven, no. Oh, you know that. I think it was 1797, 1796. George Washington signed into law that you were... You were going to be you were a slave for life and your children were born into slavery. Before George Washington signed that, your children weren't born into slavery. They had to go buy some new slaves. George Washington made that happen. 1797. Civil War happened in 1860. It was over in 1865. Dealing with about, what's that, 60, 70 years where it became something that you part of the lineage. You had black people in and out of slavery the whole time. Slavery was really bad. But all black Americans had to deal with Jim Crow. All of them. The mulattoes, the melungeons, the light-skinned, the dark-skinned, the southerner, the northerner, the one that moved to California. Black people founded Oregon and then were later barred from Oregon. Do y'all understand that? How the fuck do you found a state and then 20 years later, the people that descend from your bloodline can't even live there? Jim Crow started out as a joke, as a play this white man used to do around a menstrual show that became a set of laws. Do you know that black people could still work in government and still be managers over white people through the 1900s? It wasn't until Woodrow Wilson got in office and said, no, fuck this shit. Can't no black person, can't, ain't no white people gonna be working for no black person. Get these niggas out of here. And all these black people had to quit their jobs and leave their jobs and get fired from their jobs in the early 1900s because of Woodrow Wilson. The worst of Jim Crow was in the 50s. In the 40s, that's when it got to its worst. 
Because Jim Crow was this law, little, little law after little law after little law that made it harder to be black in America. When you look at pictures of former slaves, they had their chin up. They had a sense of pride about them. Jim Crow was what really fucked us up. Really, really bad. Jim Crow is what really, you know, freeing black people but not giving them the full rights. It's like living in a house, living somewhere, and seeing all these great things happen in front of you, but you can't have access to it because of the color of your skin. Creating shit, not being able to live off the wealth of what it might. Y'all saw that, that what I put up here earlier? Y'all saw what I put up here earlier about my great-great-granddad being a former slave? Let me see if I can find it. Here. Do y'all know that Anthony Hoggett, the one who in 1855 couldn't be free until his two-month-old little brother became of legal age? Do you know his grandson my three times great granddad, Anthony Hoggins' grandson, is the person that invented the automatic railroad trip. You know, like when you get to a railroad crossing, it automatically goes, the, the thing, the, 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 the lights automatically come on. That's because my three times great granddaddy invented it. In Benton Harbor, Michigan. But because economically tough, he couldn't keep the invention, so he sold it and moved the family from Benton Harbor, Michigan to Los Angeles, California, where I still reside till this day. He had a grandson of a slave. But because black people were so economically depressed, we didn't have the money to fund our ideas. We didn't have the money to keep our ideas. So we had to either sell them, and if we didn't sell them, oftentimes, they just take them. Look up Lewis Latimer, look up Granville T. Woods. Thomas Edison was taking their shit. Granville T. Woods sued Thomas Edison and got his fucking patents back. But because we were left out disenfranchised economically, we had to make a lot of decisions like that. Look up elevators. One of the richest families in the world is the Thiessen Crump family. And elevators were invented by black people in America. This is us. In spite of Jim Crow, we still did all that shit. So yeah, motherfucker, we are different. You didn't invent something in your homeland that could keep you there. You didn't create a form of music called the blues, called jazz, called funk, called rock and roll, called hip hop. That can then fund your family and feed your family on the soil you were born and raised on. You had to leave that soil to come here. Yes, we are different. Very different. It don't mean we're better. It don't mean you're worse. But it does mean we're different. Because when times got hard, we didn't say, hey, let's pack up and move to Brazil. There's a lot of black people down in Brazil. Let's move on down there. When they hit us with Jim Crow, we didn't say, hey, let's move to South Africa. Let's move to Ethiopia. Let's move to the Congo. Let's move to e 
First of all, let's just tell the truth. You niggas wouldn't have accepted us anyway. Can we tell the whole truth? Hell, even if we wanted to, y'all would not have accepted us. How do I know that? Because y'all still ain't accepting us. Can't name one goddamn country that offers dual citizenship to black Americans. You can talk about Ghana and their right to abode. But all that means is when we tired of you niggas, we can just kick you out and keep your land. That's all that means. Look at what happened to them black women in Bali. They bragged about moving to Bali. Bali's like, nigga, you overstayed your visa. Go back home. So if we're going to tell the, the truth truth, first of all, we have no second option. You get to come here. We don't get to go there. Let's just start off with that. Second of all, we didn't even pursue it because we'll just create some new dope shit. We'll just create the super soaker and feed our family that way. Water guns. We'll just create um, Crest toothpaste and just stay here. We'll just create the gas mask and stay here. We'll just create the air condition. It's hot in the motherfucking Alabama and Arkansas. So black folks said, hmm, We'll just create a fucking air condition and sell that patent. That way I can feed my family and then make it cooler. New Yorkers building all them high rises. Hmm. Niggas was like, nigga, we ain't taking them steps. We'll just create an elevator to get us to the top of that high rise. That's what we did. That's what we continue to do through this day. Look at what's happening here on the internet. The internet was created as a tool of mass distraction. Let's get these Negroes distracted. Let's get these people distracted. Let's, let's create these social media to get them caught up in this fake phony ass world. Let's distract the Negroes. Let's distract the people. And there are people out there who are distracted by the internet. But look at the people here in this room. Y'all ain't distracted. You're using this tool of the internet for education, for knowledge, for enlightenment, for growth. Because you black, that's what the fuck you do. Y'all may have created this as a mass distraction tool, but a person like me said, I'm not gonna, I'm a comedian, I got jokes. I could easily do some comedy shit on here. That's very easy for me to do. To create funny creative content is very easy for me to do. All I gotta do is take a nap, smuggle a joint, and I got something for your ass. But no, I said, no, I'm going to use this internet to spread information because I love reading. Like I told y'all, what's today? January 25th? I've already read six books so far this year. No, five books. January 25th, I've already read five books this year because I'm a speed reader. I read this shit by Dr. Clyde Winters. I read this shit in three hours. Took me three hours to read this. Talking about African empires in ancient America. Going through talking about the different empires that were built here along the Mississippi River, through Florida, through Brazil, Costa Rica, the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico, Arizona, nigga. I like to read and learn shit. And when I read and learn shit, I like passing information along. 
So I use this mass tool of deception to enlighten. Not because I think I'm better than niggas, but because I like doing this shit. We as black people, we always flipping some shit. We gonna keep flipping it. This is my next book. I'm gonna read this. This is this is a short book. I've had this book sitting on my. Um, I'll listen to Bobby Hemet, and Bobby Hemet said to get this book about Atlantis and Lemuria. And so I think I'm gonna read this before the end of the month. Um, I haven't cracked this up. I bought this book about damn near almost a year ago. You know, when you buy books and just like you buy it, you want to get it. Then by the time it got here, I was sat it to the side. But probably my next book, Atlantis and Lemuria by Rudolf Steiner. I don't just read black history. I read all this shit. That's why I'm able to contextualize black history with world history. Because I've understood European history far longer and I understand it far more in depth than I understood black history. I started kind of really getting into black history in the last eight or nine years. Really tough. I've always liked black history, but I didn't know who Dr. John Henry Clark was when I was in college. I wish I did. I didn't know who um, Dr. Ben was when I was in college. I have been certain and all these people. I found out about them later. So I'm glad I did because while I was in college, while I was in high school, I used to read all the books that the Europeans gave me. That's why I know them motherfuckers so well. They the ones that gave me them books on, on the Anglo-Saxons and the Franks and the Turks. And not the Turks. Turks was us. But the the Germanic tribes of Europe, the, the Visigoths, they taught me that shit. I learned that shit in their schools. It, it was, the stories were just interesting as fuck to me when I was a kid. So I read it. I listened to it really close. I love them motherfucking PBS documentaries on American history. Ever since me and my dad, going back to when I was five, I sit in my dad's lap while he's smoking a joint. And we be watching PBS documentaries on the presidents. And that's how me and my dad kicked it. We watched the Lakers, Motown documentaries, and history documentaries on the United States. That's what me and my dad, and they still do. I still watch some of this shit with my dad. So I've been understanding Europeans long, 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 long before I started to understand indigenous American history, black history here in America. That's why I'm able to contextualize it so well. Yeah, salute to Bobby Hemet. Salute to Bobby Hemet. Well, that was a good neck crack. Did y'all hear that? That shit felt good. Um, but yeah, so that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about Africans in the diaspora versus Africans in America. Why did I put? Why did I title that? Title it that? It's because there's a lot of issues going on, and let's go back into some more solutions. What's some more solutions from this that I'm talking about here to make sure I'm not just running my goddamn mouth? We trying to fix this shit. Earlier I said they already understand what it is, so there's no reason to argue with them. Number two, I said we all have to take take it upon ourselves to get more in touch with our history, our culture, so we can pass this down to the children, to the next generation, and be the force multiplier and spread the word. Because our history is our culture and our black people's influence in American culture is so close we can't see it. That's just on the tip of our fucking nose. And I, yeah, nigga, I know I got a little ass nose for a big ass nigga. But even with you gonzo nose motherfuckers, put, put, your, put, your, put your fingers on the tip of your nose. That's how close our history is for us, so we don't really see it. 
We can go to our daughter. I ain't got no culture. While the rest of the world is wearing, wow. When I was on vacation, vacation earlier this week, every man that I saw below the age of 40, whether he be from like from a Middle Eastern background, white, these motherfuckers wearing basketball shorts and tennis shoes and t-shirts. Who the fuck created that? Us. It be little things that we don't be paying attention to and focusing on. The reason why tennis shoes are more popular than church shoes now is because black people say we're going to start rocking Jordans instead of that shit. Now the world wears Jordans and Kobe. They wear they wear Jordans and shit more than we do. Because we said that's cool. We said it's cool. Black folks always no, still in something. Black always... Americans ain't dressing like this nigga. You know he ain't one of us. Look at what is. First of all, you got a you got a bacon collar going on right over here. Niggas ain't dressing like that. Niggas don't we we different? Yes, we are. Look, I'm, nigga, look. Niggas we don't, don't need like this. We don't they are taken away, unfortunately, but they are Americans. And you see how he's moving his hand like a fucking weirdo? We act different. We way different. We way different. And that's cool. Let's highlight the differences. Let's celebrate the differences. Because every time I see these stand-up comedy specials that they've been giving these Nigerians, it'd be unfunny, unfunny, and then imitate black culture, laugh. That whole event orgy special, all that was was unfunny, unfunny, imitate black culture, get a laugh. Unfunny, 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 imitate black culture, get a laugh. Unfunny, 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 imitate black culture, get a laugh. And I'm tired of that shit. Are we down with black people, man? We like hip-hop? Of course you like hip-hop, because it's dope. It's dope. Why, why wouldn't you like it? That don't mean you fuck with us. We got to tell the truth. And like I was telling that brother in that, in that, in that room in, in Clubhouse, when he was talking about black people, here's my last point I want to make before I get the fuck out of here. We got 337 people up in here, 248 likes. Like this shit, share it, and subscribe, people. Shit. Give y'all all this love, like, share, and subscribe. And hit the cash app if you feel so inclined. If you don't, I get it. But at least hit your notification bell because you know this show, Hotepish, I do this shit randomly. I don't have a... I used to have the set Thursday H9. I do this shit when I'm inspired. So yeah, I'm, I'm very random with this. So hit the notification bell. Subscribe to my Instagram. I don't really be on Twitter like that, but Instagram and Twitter got the same little tag. I'll get on Twitter sometime. Um, but yeah, do all that good shit. I appreciate y'all. Anyway, we're talking about blacks and black Americans in our communication with brothers and sisters across the diaspora. 
again, one of the brothers that was in the room, he said that I told you when I was in the uh, the clubhouse room, and I've heard this a few times. He keeps keep saying, you know, black people have you have to worry about white people. Yeah, we know we got to worry about white people. We know that. But what you don't understand is we've seen this play before. We got to focus on any group that comes to America that don't share blood with us. Because we've seen these play before. The players change, but the game stays the same. Let me say that again. The players change, but the game stays the same. And the game of immigration in the United States has been to water down and dilute black numbers, the black economy, and black political organization. I appreciate you, Orlando Rawls. Yeah, check. I understand my broadcast be going long. Y'all can't watch all this shit live. I get it. I appreciate y'all though. Listen, listen to me on the way home. That's why I'm usually I'm behind. Unless I have a guest on, usually I'm behind this wall because yeah, good. I, I'm about the information. Listen to me when you're driving, when you're working out. I ain't trying to be no fucking leader of shit. I ain't trying to be no. I, I really don't give a fuck about recognition, but when you're a stand-up comic, look, you gotta get on stage. I liked it better when I was just a drummer and I got to sit on stage, but behind everybody, and I had a row of symbols in front of me, so you didn't necessarily see my face. See, a lot of these new drummers, they put their symbols down here so you can see them doing what the fuck they gotta do. When I played, all my symbols were at eye level, because I didn't want to look at you motherfuckers. I just wanted to tune into the music. I'm an artist. I'm creative. I don't like attention like that. That's why I'm usually behind the camera. But I want to. I want to sell some T-shirts today. I'm over here. Yeah, I'm being very honest with my intentions. I'm on camera because I want to sell some more of these Dr. King T-shirts. That's why I came on camera today, so y'all can see how beautiful this shirt is, and how I even got fat nigga sizes. So for you fat fucks, I got shirts for y'all too. Look at this. That's the only reason why I'm on camera to sell some T-shirts. Also, look at this. I got my Hotepish coffee mugs. I got the coffee mugs, people. On the website. Y'all see it here? I'm going to blow it up. Oh, no, the screen is locked. Let me unlock the screen. Look at this. Y'all see this? This the front. This the back. Right here. This the back of the cup. This the front of the cup. Some dope-ass coffee mugs, ain't it? I got on camera with you motherfuckers so I can sell some product. <laughs> yeah. Get your t get your scholar's t-shirt full of croc welding been sort of been yakking it. Get your hoodie. That hoodie warmed in a motherfucker. Got the t-shirts. I'm gonna have more t-shirts coming soon. But this is what we got right now. You see, I got all the different colors. Got purple t-shirts for the ladies. You ain't gonna see my big black ass in no purple t-shirt. I ain't trying to talk to y'all looking like Barney in this bitch. So you're not gonna see me in a purple. But I got the purple for y'all. That's nothing, fat people. 
let me send a message out to my fat people, man. Real talk. You can't do everything your skinny brother and sister and brethren and sisters do. My shirts go up to a 5X because if you're a fat nigga that wear a 3X, you should buy a 4X. And if you're a fat nigga that wear a 4X, you need to buy a 5X. This Only the skinny people with no titties and stomach can wear this tight shit. I'm tired of seeing fat people in tight shit. No fat motherfucker. You 340 pounds wearing a 1X. If you're over 300 pounds, you need to buy every X available that they have that they sell it. If you're over 300 pounds and they say, what size do you wear? Just tell them, as many X's as you got. How many X's you got? And if they say only two X's, that means that shirt ain't for you, you fat bastard. All right? The shirt's for somebody that's smaller. That's just a message to you fat people. Look, you can't do what these skinny niggas is doing. Fat niggas in skinny jeans. Y'all look like goddamn fools in tight ass pants. Can't even pull them jeans up past your nut sacks. So you squeezing them up in that motherfucker so you can look like this. No, if you want to dress like a skinny person, do the work it takes to be skinny. All right? Do the work it takes to be skinny. If you ain't willing to do the work it takes to be skinny, God damn it, wear baggy shit. Hotepish.com. But yeah, that's all I really want to say today. I really thank y'all for joining. I thank y'all for having a good time with me here today. Remember this. Black people, we have the right to speak up however we feel we need to speak up. We can't let people who ain't from here, I don't care if they look like you, tell you how you should air your grievances with the United States of America. They don't have the right. They don't have the standing. Can't nobody come up into Can't Your own cousins can't come into your house, your apartment, and tell you how to run that motherfucker. So how can somebody who immigrated here, whose family immigrated here 30, 40 years ago, tell you anything about how you react to the system of white supremacy as it's perpetuated in the United States of America? We as black Americans are the most equipped to deal with white supremacy because we've been dealing with it in the belly of the motherfucking beast. We've been dealing with it where the strongest military force in the world perpetuates it. You can't come to me from an island or a country that's majority your color and tell me how to deal with these motherfuckers that we've been dealing with generation after generation after generation after generation. I'm going to do another broadcast one day on some of Dr. Oba Tashaka's work because not only does he talk about Jim Crow, he also talks about the post-1968 hostile forces era. Post 68, 
that's nothing we got to talk about. Because after 1968, America got really underhanded with how they perpetuated white supremacy against foundational black Americans. And that has to be studied and reviewed. The war on drugs, mass incarceration, the infiltration of our music through the white paper report, through the Columbia study report that infiltrated our funk music in the 1970s, brought in that plastic fake sorry ass sound and devolved our music to where now Cardi B can be relevant. That was also government orchestrated. Cointel Pro. All the things that we've been dealing with over the last 60 years as black America has been every bit as devious as Jim Crow. Just far more underhanded, but just as violent and just as effective, probably more effective than Jim Crow. And any immigrant group that's been imported here after the 1965 Immigration Act, you've played a part in that in helping white supremacy and helping white supremacists undermine the greater good of foundational black American society. You may not be aware of it. I'm sure it is intentional for 90, for 90% of y'all it's not intentional. But because it's not intentional, because you weren't aware, that's not enough to stop me from telling the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me motherfucking God. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, fight me with information, not your emotions. You're right, Dwayne Isaacs, still being infiltrated. But yeah, my name is Dewan B. I thank y'all for listening. Got over 300 likes in here. I appreciate y'all. Share this shit and comment after the video. Let me know what you think. Leave some comments after the video is over with. Um, drop your opinion down there. You know, uh, just don't just leave. Drop your opinions and leave the emotion out of it, please. Nothing is weird. Black people got to stop being emotional about everything. Even if you disagree with me, just say the shit because you disagree, though. All that emotional shit. Oh, you this and you that. Shut up. I don't got time for that weird shit. That's weirdo behavior. Information. Information don't care how you feel. It's just information. Not mad. It's not my fault. We Look, we're misinformed. I was misinformed. We still get misinformed. I'm just a nigga that take the time to get deeper into what I was misinformed about so I can have a deeper level of understanding and knowledge of it so I'm not misinformed again. That's all we're here for. My name is Dewan B, and remember this. There are no perfect messengers, only perfect messages for those who are willing to pick up the game. My name is Dewan B. We out.